This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, John, let's get into it. The Denver Broncos, 6 and 5. Houston Texans six and five. The Texans, as of this morning, favored by four points in this game. The Texans are the eighth seed in the AFC. The Broncos are the ninth seed in the AFC. The Broncos are coming in here on a five-game winning streak. Uh, the Texans, after starting out the season zero and two, have won six of nine. Of course, coming off that loss to Jacksonville last week, and they've played seven straight games that have ultimately been decided in, if not the last minute, the last few seconds of some of these games, including last week's game against Jacksonville, where. Uh, Matt Amendola bounced the ball off the crossbar from 58 yards. It would have tied the game. So there's a lot of juice to this game. It's not a great slate of NFL games on Sunday. That's why CBS moved the game to a noon kickoff. It's going out to a huge, huge portion of the United States in that early window. And then the Niners and the Eagles are the marquee game in the late window. Um, And we'll get to our predictions in just a second. But John and I always preview this through a pregame six-pack. He gives three. I give three. People, coaches, storylines, whatever, things that are going to affect the outcome of this football game. Uh, the one tradition with this exercise, John, is you always go first. Thank you, Sean. Um, in that five-game winning streak, they're giving up 16.5 points, and they also forced 15 turnovers in the last four games, and they lead the league in takeaways with 22. So they're winning without scoring a lot of points. They're, they have uh, – can't remember, but they're negative points. Texans are positive. They get off to great starts. Texans don't. Texans have gotten off to slow starts. It's almost like they like to play from behind. But the one thing Denver's been doing besides forcing turnovers is they've run the ball better. Uh, for the season, let's see, I got these here. For the season, uh, well, the last five games are averaging 127 yards a game rushing. And they don't get a lot of yards, but they run it a lot. Texans are eighth, eighth against the run, averaging 95.1 yards. But over the last seven games, Texans have given up 82.8. So I don't think Javante Williams, unless Russell Wilson runs for a lot of yards and he's run for over 250, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. Texans run defense, which was good against Jacksonville, but terrible at getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence. 
they got to stop the run again and do a much better job against Russell Wilson. So I'm saying that run defense has got to run defense is your to be great. Your first bottle in the six pack is the Texans run defense. Absolutely. That's a good one. I'll give you some numbers, John. 3.6 yards per carry. That's what the Texans are giving up. Third in the league. Third best in the league on a per carry basis. Denver did pound the hell out of the ball against Cleveland last week. 39 carries for 169 169 yards against a pretty good Browns defense. Um, 4.3 yards per carry last week. By the way, those scoring margin numbers that you're bringing up, both these teams are 6-5 and on the season. The Texans are plus 27 scoring margin cumulatively on the year. So right about where you'd think you'd be for a team that's a game above 500. The Broncos are minus 34, but this is where I give them a mulligan. That 70-20 to game against Miami skews so many of their season stats right now. Miami went for almost 700 yards of offense. They rushed for 400 yards. They scored 70 points. They beat them by 50. Um, that's I, with the Broncos, John, especially in light of the fact that they're on a five game winning streak, you almost got to look at the Broncos season as one of those things like where you get to throw out your lowest score sort of thing. Um, and, and, and treat that Miami game. Like it's just an outlier because it was just such a horrible, horrible day for them. And I, that's why I've done most, most of those stats figuring during the winning streak. Yeah. Cause that seems to be more indicative of what they are and the way that 70, 20 skewered everything. It's not really fair to them. I agree. Um, John, my first one in the six-pack is Derek Stingley Jr. He's come back nicely from that hamstring injury. Um, a few games ago in the Cincinnati game, he just came back and he was on a snap count. But ever since then, the last two games, he's been full go, and he's had interceptions in each of the two games so far. So that's been great to see. Fun fact, John, Derek Stingley Jr. has more career interceptions than Sauce Gardner. I'm merely presenting that number. is just <laughs> It's just a number, John. He's got three. Sauce Gardner has two career interceptions. I'm just putting that out there. Um, but we remember in Stingley's rookie season last year, they played Denver in week two, and he really struggled at times against Cortland Sutton in that game. Cortland Sutton had a really, really good game. I would imagine if if they're, you know, if D'Amico is going to be inclined to play coverage and play man in this thing, that that'll be the assignment for Derek Stingley Jr. again. Might be Cortland Sutton. We'll see. Um, but there, I'm looking for Derek Stingley Jr. to continue to make an impact in the secondary. The big thing they've got to do, John, as we know, they've got to they've got to tighten up some of the hatches here on some of these explosives. Jacksonville got way too many easy explosives. They didn't even have to break tackles. They they were just they were running against the air. Jacksonville was, and then obviously a few weeks ago in Stingley's first game back, Cincinnati had two receivers go over 100 yards. Arizona hit some downfield stuff early in the game with Kyler Murray. So they need to tighten some things on the back end, and it starts with Derek Stingley Jr. for me. He also has been very physical with making hits. Yeah. He's had one big physical hit in each of the last two games. And you almost hold your breath hoping he doesn't hurt that hamstring. Next week, Sauce versus Stingley uh, at MetLife Stadium. Can't like wait. That'll yep. be a much better battle than CJ Stroud versus Tim Boyle. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, no. Yeah. T- yeah. Tim Boyle on the ass of the NFL. That's what I call him right now. <laughs> What do you got, oh, John? What's your, terrible. What's your, it's, it's, a, it's a podcast, you know. Uh, John, what's your second bottle in the six-pack here? The rookie tandem of C.J. Stroud and Tank Dale. They're on the mm. verge of history. It's amazing. Uh, right now, Tank has seven touchdown catches. He's tied for first among rookies, 709 yards. He's second among rookies. When he gets another one, he'll have eight, and they'll be the fourth they will be the fourth rookie combination to have at least eight 
and the first since 1999. And the record is nine, and it's shared by Charlie Connerly and Bill Spiaki of the Giants in 1948, and Jim Plunkett and Randy Vitaha in 1971. And based what we based on what we've seen, Sean, I think they're going to surpass Connerly and Plunkett, and they'll get ten and set the all-time record. And Tank, he can be the first rookie with at least five catches, 50 yards and a touchdown in five consecutive games, and the first to do it in seven games overall. Uh, right now he's tied with six with Anquan Bolden mm. in 2023. So I think Stroud and Dell quite a twosome. I'm guessing now Patrick Sertan is going to be the second, might be put on Tank, and they're going to have to move Tank around. Although, would he be put on uh, Nico Collins Nico. or Noah Brown? Because yeah. right now, Tank Dell is their biggest play wide receiver. Yeah, I, I'm going to add to that, John. I'm going to uh, my my second six pack entry. I'm going to add to that. It looks like Noah Brown's going to play in this game. Um, he practiced yesterday, and he's missed the last couple games with a knee. That's coming off of two his probably his two best games as a pro. Maybe yeah, I, I didn't. They are. I didn't follow him super close in Dallas. Maybe he had some out. You know, some nope. some. Most he, he had was 93 yards. And I think it was against the Texans, actually. <laughs> yeah, so so um, he had games of over 150 and one of over 170. And I think this is where it's big that Noah Brown comes back. And I, I'm not here to say that the Broncos rush the passer with the same degree of success that Jacksonville does. I, they don't have a Josh Allen on that defense. Hell, they they were letting guys like Frank Clark and Randy Gregory go earlier this year, and now they're, they're edge rushing is all a bunch of no-name young guys that are doing a pretty decent job. They did a good job last week against uh, Cleveland. I think they had four sacks last week. But this is where Noah Brown is huge, John. On all those plays last week against Jacksonville where C.J. Stroud's getting flushed from the pocket and he's buying time and he's waiting for something to break downfield, so many of those catches Noah Brown had in that two and three game stretch were um, were of that variety, you know, where the play broke down, you're now off script. It's not how you drew it up. And Noah Brown just had such a knack for finding areas that's, you know, finding spaces in the defense where CJ could find him and get big chunk plays. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be huge having Noah Brown back. And this will be the first game, assuming that Tank Dell is healthy as well. I know he didn't practice yesterday, but it doesn't sound like it's a major deal with his calf. Um, knock on wood. But this will be the first time since the opening week that they'll have their full complement of veteran wide receivers out there. And really the first game of this new elite version of C.J. Stroud that's ever had the full complement of receivers because the only time they had it was in week one where C.J. Stroud's swimming against Baltimore as a rookie making his first start in a hostile environment. That excites me. It's it's uh, Denver's defense has been better defending the pass in this win streak. Weeks 5 through 12, they're giving up a 76 passer rating, which is really, really good. But I, I think I'm confident that C.J. can move the football against any defense as long as he's got his guys out there. I agree with you 100%. What's your uh, last As long one, as Joe? he's healthy, he's capable of beating anybody and doing just about anything. And It's very encouraging to watch what he did against Jacksonville that got tremendous yeah. pressure on him. He didn't fold and he continued to excel. Yeah, it's 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 really amazing. He's he's an incredible player. What's your last one, John? The Broncos are last in the NFL in run defense. Mm -hmm. So does that mean the Texans might actually 
be able to run the ball. Broncos give up 155.2 yards a game. They're 30th in defense overall, 23rd against pass. But 155-2 kind of reminds me of what how bad the Texans' run defense was last week. Now, the Texans' running game with Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce was awful against the Jaguars, just totally inept and had a lot to do with the offensive line. They got to be able to run the ball, take some pressure off Stroud, and do it against the Broncos. In the previous two games in which Singletary was tremendous, they went up against mediocre to bad run defenses, and they abused them, and they ought to be able to abuse the Broncos. Yeah, John, and this is I, I, I agree with you, and I'll take it a step further and say they need to run it to where they're not having to throw on third and one and fourth and one. Like, they've got to be able to line up and get yards when you know you need yards on the ground. Short yardage situations, end of game, where if you go and you just go get a first down at the end of a game, uh, then that burns another two, three minutes off the clock. You know, like when you just – that to me is when when this running game will have arrived, and I don't think it's going to happen this season. I think it's going to take another offseason. But uh, – when when the good teams, especially in this offense, they run the ball when teams know they want to run the football. You know they're winning physical battles there. So I, I'm with you. Like I hope they're run, they're going against a bad run defense this week. The one thing I won't let myself, uh, I won't delude myself into is if Devin Singletary does go for 140 yards against Denver that they're going to go into New York next week against the Jets defense. And this means they finally arrived and they're going to run it against the <laughs> Jets. Like this is a team that runs it against bad defenses. That's progress compared to the beginning of the year when they weren't running against anybody. What worries me, they gave Damian Pierce one fewer carry than Singletary. Singletary earned the right to get more carries than Pierce. And yeah. I'm not saying Pierce was a problem because neither was effective and the line was terrible. But in this game, I don't want to see – Damian Pierce have as many carries as Singletary because Singletary has clearly been better this season. Yeah, the only thing I'd say about that, John, is it was only 11 carries between the two of them. You know what I mean? It's not like they each had 15 carries or something like that. When the, your top two backs get 11 carries, you've scrapped the run game for the day. And the thing I would say is I think if you look at the – I haven't looked at the snap counts for the last game, but I would bet that Devin Singletary got the lion's share of the snaps, particularly on third down. He's We know he's out there and Damian's not out there. And Dave, uh, Devin did catch six passes in that game too. So he you know, he got his hands on the ball in other ways that they weren't using Damian at all for in that game. Like I, I, don't, I don't come away looking at that game last week that Devin Singletary got six carries and Pierce got five as some sort of indicator that now Bobby Slowick is, is using this as like a two-headed monster. I, I think just the mere – presence on the field of Singletary for most of the snaps tells me that if it does turn into a game where they're running the football, I think it's still going to be a majority Devin Singletary. At least well, I, like you, I hope that's the case. I hope you're right. Also, yeah. when a game's close like the Jacksonville game, to not have more runs yeah. is atrocious. Yeah, You know, in close games, you should be running the ball more and throwing on third Amen. and one and fourth and one. And I hate it. We talked about this earlier in the week. I hate it when the third and one and they're in a shotgun. I want to see him under center because Stroud has kept the ball for first downs. Mm -hmm. You know, he's 6'3". He's pretty strong. And uh, I remember Warren Moon used to run the quarterback sneak better than anybody I've ever seen because he would tell the center, Jay Pennison. And the only thing that matters for the line is when the ball snapped, and he wouldn't even tell his lineman that when he goosed Pennison, snapped the ball. So he'd be up there. He would goose him. He'd snap it. 
He'd run the sneak. Nobody would be ready on offense or defense. It worked every time. When you say he goosed him, John, is that what I think it is? Does yeah. he get, get his hand up in there and that's, that's tough. give you the, give Your the hands up in there anyway. You got to give him the thumb. Yeah, okay. Boy, well, that's okay. That's way more graphic than whatever I just yeah, talked well, about. The a pants few are ago. tight. You know, there's that's limitations. <laughs> I, I like the one thing we've learned from CJ Stroud being mic'd up is that Michael Dieter is a very, very chronic sweater. Did you, did you see that, that clip, John? It was hilarious. Michael Dieter apparently is like, <laughs> I forget what game it was, but he's like, CJ comes over. He's like, my hands are soaking wet. This guy sweats way too much. He was dead serious. He's like, can we change Dieter's jersey? Like, he's soaked. He is soaked. I thought he um, needed my, to change his pants, not his jersey. Dude, oh, nasty. I, I would be in shotgun all the time if I was a quarterback. I don't want to get my hands up in there. <laughs> Forget that. Uh, last one for me, John. I'll just keep it simple. Denver really bad at defending tight ends. I, I, this was, a, this was a, a handicap or a take for me last week against Jacksonville. They were bad at defending tight ends, and Dalton Schultz was nowhere to be found the entire game except on a deep shot on fourth and one. Um, I'm going to go back to the well. Denver not very good at defending tight ends. Um, they are 30th in doing so. And I, maybe, you know, maybe it's one of those things that's part and parcel with running the football. You know, when you have a game where you're running the football, maybe that intermediate passing game is more involved as opposed to a game where, Hey, we're not running. We're just taking shots down the field, which the Texans are doing. I do think they're going to run the football. And thus I do think the tight end is going to be involved, more involved, hard to be less involved than Dalton Schultz was last week, but I'm going to put Dalton Schultz as the last bottle in the six pack here. Uh, Denver 30th against tight ends. They allow a 115.9 passer rating to tight ends this season. So I'm going to go Dalton Schultz as my last one. There's speculation that he was hurt, and that's why they didn't go to him. That's why Brevin Jordan played more than he's played before. Now he's on the injury report like he got hurt early in the game. That'll be interesting to watch to make sure he's active and uh, because it sure took away from their offense not having Schultz with his usual productivity. Yep, no doubt. He's really built a good rapport with C.J. Stroud. John, I'll alter it then to say Texans tight ends. How's that? Texans tight ends in this game. Um, All right, John, what's your prediction on the game? I'm going to go – I pick them almost every week three points, so I'm going to go Texans 24-21. 24-21. Let me pull up what I – I made my prediction in my Houston Press piece, I think. By the and way, so tell sure people how to get your column because you did, it was a great idea and a great job. You need to tell them every week about how to get. Your I know, I know. Press. Yeah, I'll I did. Um, yeah, I thank you. I appreciate that, John. Yeah, the the post that I did for today was is C.J. Stroud versus Trevor Lawrence, the next great NFL QB rivalry, and I kind of went through the history of the AFC South of the fact that there's never been a rivalry like this um, in the AFC South ever. Uh, there's never been a, a rivalry like this with two young quarterbacks at the same time. You know, you had Peyton Manning and, you know, Vince Young was something for a couple of years. Um, you had Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck for a year. That's all we got out of that. Um, but this is two highly drafted, young, very likable, very productive quarterbacks on two what look to be two very good teams moving forward. So, yes, thank you, John. That's my that's my my post, my column for today on HoustonPress.com is where you can find that. And you can find my whole archive of posts that I've had up there. My prediction, John, 24 to 16 Texans. 24-16. So well, um, that, that might be one that they've had seven in a row decided in the last 30 seconds. Yeah. And that is amazing. And that's another thing about a rookie quarterback who is thriving in this situation. 
It's crazy. It's, it, is, it is so fun to watch. All right, John, so you and I both have the Texans winning. You by three. I have them by eight. 